Footy Prime the Podcast is brought to you by Tony Bet, official sponsor of the CPL and presenting sponsor of Canada's unofficial voice of footy. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Oi, the boys on Footy Prime on occasion are known to use vulgarities and frankly appalling language, and sometimes tales are quite adult in nature. So keep the volume down if there are kiddies around. And thank you for listening. Listening to this just in on Footy Prime, your almost daily footy fix. Guys, do you think it, do people care about what we talk about? No one. I think cares. so. If only they had uh, had a little microphone at the table last week at the sushi sushi restaurant at the uh, at the restaurant there, vegan, vegan. restaurant. That's the yes. one. If only, and a camera maybe. Maybe the camera would have told the full story more than the the microphone. Yeah, but the mm. thing is, Wonger, when you're saying, do you think they really care? They had no choice. They had to hear. <laughs> That's right. So I, it feels very much like our WhatsApp. So I was 16 hours in Peterborough driving home, and I couldn't react to our to the WhatsApp with you guys around eight o'clock at night. And as I got home i was able to click in and there was 32 messages of pies and fingers and, <laughs> and i was just sitting there going what have we brought amy walsh into that's what i and then i went we didn't bring her into anything she was already like this yeah yes <laughs> i have a feeling you guys are gonna feel like my my husband feels like sometimes when my sisters bring he and my brothers-in-law into our texts and he's like take me off this thread I have a feeling like you guys will be like, Amy, go text your sisters. Stop sending a shit. <laughs> it's like this never ending tornado of inappropriateness. Yes. Just yeah. to make us smile. Yeah, it is. It's Fate Prime, the podcast. Good game last night, by the way, wasn't it? Yeah. It's the first one I watched all year. Pretty decent. I won some money, actually, in the end. I went on what? Well, actually, well, I bet on Philly, so I lost that, obviously. 
Yeah. But uh, there was one of those uh, weird odd boosts things, you know, mm. where you can like, they, they give you like a parlay of a bunch of things that can happen. And I didn't know what, was, I just threw five bucks down there and 150 bucks. It's good. Is I love hearing that. related to Rihanna and what songs you would open with? Uh, I actually had some friends over. We did do some prop bets. Yeah. And I got all that stuff wrong. Only because I know one Rihanna song, Diamonds. That's the only one I know. So No, I tell you what, you forget how many good songs she has. Right? I've forgotten already. I was like, oh my God, I can't believe she sang that. Or I forgot that she sang that as well. It wasn't a great halftime show, though, was it? it? Kind of seemed to be lacking something, don't you think? A lot of marshmallows running around dancing. <laughs> Did you enjoy I liked it? it? I thought Did she you? was great. Prager's, Prager's to boot. She killed it. I thought she was good, Charms. Yeah, oh, she was not. No, no, you were. It's been better. That's not like who? Who was better? Pink. Last year was amazing. Bruno Mars was amazing. Mm-hmm. Paul McCartney yeah. was great back in whenever the hell that was. Right. Prince, you, you Prince was amazing win. back well, in the nineteen eighty. Prince and everybody else, though, right? It's yeah. Like- you win. Does she use that to announce that she's pregnant again? I think so. I think the rumors were floating, and then her representative said well confirmed i don't think it really needed confirmation but i i, I was, I was hoping that she just was just eating too much but no <laughs> i hey, i was i was told that the halftime show and the performers they don't get paid no it's all marketing yeah promotion. Promotion. and then after i mean their their record sales and everything go through the roof and they're following she's yeah. worth like a, over a billion right with her various companies as well like not bad, eh? I think she's the first $1 billion female artist. She should sponsor Footy Prime. Does she like <laughs> Does she like soccer? I think there's some... Now you mentioned it, I'm sure I've seen something somewhere. Okay, I'm going to call her. Call Rihanna, number yeah. two on my list. <laughs> <We're cool. laughs> she Maybe she can throw some money, sure. uh, throw some money Canada soccer's way and help the oh. situation. Hmm. Even that oh, out, oh. Andy, wouldn't it? Good weekend, eh? Some good games, um, some big stories on the pitch and off the pitch um canada soccer met with the players the men and the women by the way this this past weekend of course and they've agreed to work on a strategy to address the players demands both for the cba and of course they need these budget cuts which has been the the big issue as we as we spoke about on friday the women they are not backing down right <laughs> they are keeping the pressure very much on the canada soccer with, with the statements and, and using the media tsn specifically um, I, I think it's a brilliant strategy, right? Because at this point, all the bullets are flying oh, towards Canada soccer, right? They're just like, just like deflecting them. Boom, 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 boom. Because <laughs> they, they, they can't help it, right? I mean, they, they're keeping their, they've decided to keep it private, I guess. And the players are using this, this public furor, which I think is a great strategy. It, it seems to be really working right now. I mean, it's a great, it's a great strategy, but they don't, that that's really all they have, right? The only thing they that is in their court that they can leverage for power is public opinion and their ability to to play and and to feel the side, right? So they the women try to strike and then they force them back into it. They say that they're not allowed to legally strike, and then but I think they filed the and I'm not super familiar with with this lingo, but the no board request, right? Um, so that in I think by February 24th then legally they will be able to strike. It's just unfortunate that that is outside the window of the She Believes Cup, an unfortunate name tournament, but it's invitational only. So there's no FIFA sanctions associated with it. But before we dive into the really deep issues, like you, 
the stark contrast between Nick Bontis allegedly down on his knees begging the players group to play the game against Panama. And then for the women, they fly down to Orlando and threaten to sue them all individually. Yeah, it puts our Nick Bontis interview in a new light, doesn't it? Amy? Yeah. Um, one of the things that we've been talking about offline and on our dark web is what questions we were going to ask. And, you know, I think we'll leave that for later. But so right now, this no board request, is that a an, an approach to litigation? Or is that just where they stand until this February date that they can strike? I think it's both. Okay. I think, first of all, in order to make it a, a legal strike for them to be in their their power to do it or their means to do it, they have to have that approval um, of the government. But it also means that, you know, they're talking about lasting change. How do you tear this thing all down? Because that's part of, you know, before I think we were we hit the record button, like I've been really out of source this weekend, like really almost disconsolate and, and rage filled and charms is used to feeling this way, but I'm not. This is therapy. Tell us about it. I want to know yeah. why. Yeah. But so I think, so they will be in their legal right to, to strike, but I think what it means is then you get the eyes on it. Pascal St. Oge, our minister of sport um, has said that she will be involved, but I also mean, I think then through the heritage minister, the heritage committee, they're able to subpoena these NSOs. And one of the ones that they're looking at, including Hockey Canada, is Soccer Canada. So there needs to be the forensic um, audit done of the books. Uh, The women want to see what the men were exactly offered. Like we were seeing, I think, the men's World Cup qualifying year in 2019. The men had a little over $11 million given to them. And it was, to qualify that, it was the World Cup qualifying year. So they should be supported. But it was the women's Olympic year where they won gold. And they had a little over $5 million allotted to them. Um, And half of that, at least, is to own the podium money, which should be earmarked exclusively for the women. And then it also would allow them to, to really shed light on what's been happening with this money. So for the Tokyo Quadrennial, I think it was $12.7 million was pumped into Canada soccer from the COC and other federal organizations or committees so that this money can help the women and prop up. But it should be supplementing what is already provided to them by the CSA. And I'd be really curious to see how this is happening. And then the Canada soccer statement, this is very long winded, but the one that they come back with, I don't know if you guys are Seinfeld fans, but. It was like Canada soccer has a long track record of supporting women's soccer. Canada soccer has heard the women. Canada soccer will try to do better. So it reminded me of the Seinfeld episode where that guy refers to himself in the third person as like Jimmy holds grudges. Jimmy's going to get Kramer. <laughs> and it's just it's just comical. Like they just even when they're trying to sound professional, they're they're unable um, to do so. So I, I've lost the thread of my my original point. But they, those books need to be opened up. So that that transparency that both programs are, are begging for, so maybe somebody else does it. And it happens via this strike and via the federal government uh, in, or the federal government's involvement. Yeah, I think the players knew what they were doing, right, with this illegal strike. And um, I know a lot was made of Canada soccer threatening to, to sue them, but that is kind of standard practice in these situations. It ain't nice, but that's the reality. Um, I believe 17 days from now or thereabouts will be the day after the She Believes Cup final. So it's timed 
you know, strategically too, smart. It will, mm. it will become a big story again when that happens, as it was th- this past few days. So, you know, they are playing that game really well. I think the own the podium money is really key here as well, right? Find out where that money went. Because, listen, Canada, so I can argue about the, the budgets for the World Cup qualifying campaign. For the men, it just costs way more, simply put, right? 21 games, wasn't it, or something for the men? And the I men- think for the... They played 19 games. 19 games, yeah. Which included 14 World Cup qualifying games. Right, 14 was it? Okay, okay. And then the women's qualifying for the World Cup is like it's that the W tournament, right? Yeah, so it's not as many, but they did play 17 games. 17 games, was it? Okay, yeah. Yeah. Really, I mean, listen, we keep saying the word transparency, right? And that's quite simple. Open the books, show the players what they want. And and also the elephant in the room here is the CSB deal, right? Open that up. That has to be opened up. That there's no way, as far as what we know, I mean, I haven't read the deal, right? Um, there's no way Kandosaka signs that deal today. There's no way, right? Well, you would hope, Sharms, but their track record doesn't prove to us that they wouldn't. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but should we be cognizant of the fact that, yeah, okay, the financial deal of that deal isn't great right now, given what's happened since, but it did bring... CPL to Canada, which is very important. If that deal gets torn down, say the players find a loophole and say that deal is now illegal or whatever, it no longer is standing, could that destroy Canada, the Canadian Premier League? Probably, right? Well, I think there is an existing loophole. Jimmy, you jump in after this. I didn't mean to cut you off. But in that Westhead article, I think from summer 2022, when he talked about the own the podium money and uh, foundation that was started for the women that was taking taxpayers dollars and people's donations and was never really pushed into any program. I think that the CSB not didn't void their end of the deal, but didn't pay Canada soccer $3 million over the course of the pandemic. So there is cause there potentially for them to, to tear up that deal. So, so surely there's a way then in that case to have a look at that deal Maybe you can restructure it at some point. But because, Jimmy, I mean, we shouldn't just brush off the fact that the Canadian Premier League is really important. Now, I know the men dismissed it, and I think that was a mistake in their statement, you know, referring to it as a minor league in the month. Yeah, there was, uh, that, was, that was wrong. I didn't right. I mean, listen, the CSB comment. deal needs to be looked at closely. Yeah. And, and if you can redo it, please redo it. But at the same point, you know, losing the domestic league, if that's a consideration here, we we shouldn't just dismiss that. Yeah, I didn't I didn't agree with what the, the players said there. Um and there was no need for them to say it's a it's a minor league. At the end of the day, this is our domestic professional league. Um and we gotta support it and you gotta respect the players that are in that league because you're hoping one day that we continue to develop players and then they get an opportunity to play in that national team. So it was wrong for them to say that. Um and you you don't want to see uh, our domestic league fall apart. It's taken ever so long to get there. You're hoping very soon that we have a women's domestic league and, and we've all got to support it as much as we can. And if we can, um, look, I think you do whatever we can, but let's let's not kill our, our own domestic league and what we've worked so hard to build because we are giving young Canadians an opportunity to, to play professional football. I think, though, if we, we latch on to the wording or the, you know, to call it a a minor league. Sure. That was a mistake. That was a misstep. I'm sure if they could do it over, they wouldn't choose that wording. I think it's just the way it fits into the hierarchy of, of soccer in Canada. Um, It it is a minor league. Second tier or third tier, like 
but not minor. It is professional. Yeah, I completely agree with you. But people who are putting their blinders on and latching onto that in the statement and and ignoring the greater message, I think is more problematic. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was a bit of a distraction, right? Like that minor word took up a lot of Twitter feeds and a lot of territory for media. I mean, John Molinaro uh, mentioned it. Um, mm-hmm. There were at least two or three ar- other articles that I read that was, oh, this shouldn't. And I think it came to the conversation that we're having right now is unfortunate use of verbiage, right? Yeah, of yeah, course. Yeah. There's, there's well, certain, and, and the fact is, words, there's certain trigger words that, that take away from your main name. Yeah, but yeah. it's an important yeah. word too. Well, but, but I think sure. the, the fact there is the, the players have played this so well so far, I think. They played it so well. What they wanted, like you mentioned before, using the public opinion as their main leverage here, it's been almost faultless in that regard, right? And that was the one little slip, maybe, because I saw a lot of uh, people kicking back on social media saying, what the hell? There's a lot yeah. of fans of, of CPL out there still. Yeah. Uh, so- the, thing is, the thing is, too, Sharms, right? And just by that, that verbiage that they use there, and you hope it doesn't happen because if those CPL players in turn start pointing to the other guys that are maybe playing Major League Soccer over in Europe and and then you start having your own little, you know, scuffles between the, the two groups. And you need that local domestic league to support what you're, what you're fighting for. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it yeah, creates yeah, the sure. infighting. Sure. And you don't need that. It's <laughs> meant to be one. Do you mm-hmm. think, I mean, Amy, do you think, listen, Canada Soccer, for better or for worse, they, they've cut, they have had release statements. They've been somewhat visible through the, this, this whole thing. CSB hasn't. Right, they they they're invisible. They are not getting involved. I'm sure at some point they have to very soon. Um, I think the players will turn on them very soon if they don't get what they want. But do you think they need to stand up? And you know, they, there was a statement that came out back in last summer, I believe, at one point. But they've really been conspicuous in, in keeping their mouth shut so far. Do they need to kind of stand up and fight their corner here? The CSB? I don't think so. I think they've you know they. The deal is very one-sided, right? Mm-hmm. So all of the revenues, the success that the both that both national teams have have had, it has handcuffed Canada Soccer, and they're unable to monetize or capitalize on that success in any regard. So you think about Janine Becky and Christine Sinclair, and being those player spokespeople, and thinking about getting that success, toiling and working and, and achieving it, but then their images that are used for Canada soccer and they bring in Allstate, they bring in Nike on board, um, these other sponsors, they know that Canada soccer parading them around and using their images, none of those revenues are then coming back to them. It's going back to the CSB. So to your question, why would the CSB say any, anything? Because the, the deal favors them. They don't <laughs> yeah. need to stand up now and draw attention to themselves. Yeah. The, you know, the, the flip side of that to everyone is that regardless uh, who's done a deal with the Canadian Soccer Association? It's not. It's not on them. The CSA are the ones that do these deals and sign them off. So we can point at you know whether it's Nike or the CSB or anybody else. At the end of the day, the CSA is the one that signs these contracts. Mm-hmm. It's not anybody else's fault. Yeah, no, no, I, no I but I, I, I did a shit saying the same the thing, though, aren't we? It, pretty much. Although here's the thing: no, but, if you but, want to continue, yeah, we're talking about the CSBO. They, why are they not talking? And everything? They, they don't have to speak. No, no. yeah, exactly. <laughs> you're totally right. But here's the thing: their approach to this, the way they handle this, the CSB, who have tendrils in Media Pro and One Soccer, all that kind of stuff, 
they the uh, if you approach it properly, you can extend a olive branch to the people who love soccer in Canada and say, hey, we are it, it ends up being a good marketing coup and allows you to stand out away from the CSA instead of being combined with them. And right now we're looking at the CSA as the people who are always in the, you know, always, you guys always use front foot, back foot. They're always on the back foot. What are we talking about? I was just thinking about, you know, the fine that Iran wants to come after in 2022 money and they're throwing out 10 million bucks, but it was going to cost half a million to get them over here. Mm-hmm. that money could have gone towards whatever and all these missteps. And we forget our, our memories are short and just the amount of missteps that CSA has had over the last year and a half. And we forget about them. Then you go, Holy geez, there's so many, mm-hmm. you know, like, mm-hmm. Hey, the guy's boycotting the game being canceled. There's over and over. There's been missteps. Yeah. But the CSB is central to all this. It is, it is, but once again, to Jimmy's point, it is the CSA that signed that. Yes, it it is, it is. Um, The landscape was different back then when they signed it. Yeah. And and when they signed it, I don't remember too much, uh, too much press um, criticizing it. At the time, Canada's women weren't gold medal winners. The the men weren't qualifying for World Cups. There wasn't much money. The key is guaranteed money, right? But the landscape's changed, right? So, So you're right. CSB can't come out now and defend that deal. You just can't under the current landscape. Now, if they come out and say, listen, we, we appreciate how the landscape's changed. We are prepared to, to you know, look into this again and maybe restructure it. Then that would be great, I think. And it'll make everyone look good. But I don't know if, I don't know those owners. I mean, listen, they're, they're, listen Jimmy, they're bleeding money in the CPL. They're bleeding money, right? They, so they are businessmen as well and women. Yeah. So I understand that they, they do need to make some money from this deal as well, right? However, however, you know, this was before Canada's men's team became really good and mm. they should have seen the women's team. There's always a trophy on the cards for the women's team, yeah. right? So there wasn't much forethought, I think, what when that deal was 20, 2017, 2018, like the national team program wasn't in a great spot, was it? It was a mess. It was, it was a mess. And, you know, this was the CSB obviously was there to, to help and, grow the game and you know that's that's what it was that's what it was for and that's what it is still today but i think we're just it's just one disaster after another but that that lack of foresight is is the continuous thread in all of this going back to your day right amy yes yes yeah that that's why part of this is so maddening like these these women and men but we're talking about the women in particular here striking and then being forced back on the job. They've been so patient. They've been dealing with the systemic inequity within, within the foundation or within the Canada soccer association with, with abuse, with mistreatment. And so this is not a rash or a knee jerk reaction. This has been well thought out. Oh yeah, absolutely. Of course. It's a strategy here for sure, and, and, and rightly so. What I found really interesting, actually, maybe the, one of the most important parts of this whole argument was, was when they released the summary of the, the facts. I thought that was really important when they did that uh, yesterday, the women. Mm-hmm. Um, and the one sentence I, I, I tweeted about this when it said, we don't want to spend what CanSoc hasn't got. 
right? And, and that's valid, right? If, if mm-hmm. Candace can prove, and they should be able to do that pretty easily by just releasing the information, this is what we made last year, right? We cannot pay you X amount of dollars, right? Then the players would be okay with that, I think, right? It yeah. would suck, obviously, but just they just want to see, okay, where is the equity here? Prove to us, show us, and because the dumb, they, they they say, oh well, you know, you can get the um the statements on the website, which you can, but they're very vague, right? There's far more detailed statements available and information available, which is what they want. Yeah, they're saying we're not asking for money that that you don't have, but the the bigger question, where is where is all this money gone? Yeah, yeah. You know, the you know, Bontis was on here with us and saying they haven't yet received the money from FIFA for the men qualifying for the World Cup. It's March, I think they get that. Yeah. I mean, so why can't they use that money? You know, the women have yet to be paid in 2022. They're five months out of their own World Cup. So why were stop gaps in place for the men to push through? I mean, it's not that long ago, right? <laughs> yeah. We're only mid-February. But I think that because that's part of the CBA though, right? If, 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 if they end up settling 40% each, which is, I think that's going to be what they end up settling on or thereabouts, right? Yeah. Um, that's 80% of the 10 million, right? There's, there's, there's 2 million left. It's not a hell of a lot, right? But where's the other money that, you know, that they, they CBS, use? CBS, <laughs> Yeah, exactly. So that, you know, that's, that's their own problem. So like, we really need to, you know, get somebody to open up these books and really see what's happening. Mm-hmm. Because they say like, basically, they're just asking for the same budget as the men. And they want a complete and detailed breakdown of the men's budget for 2021. And they just want to be given what the men were given in a World Cup year in and order this to isn't, prepare. And Christine and Janine were very clear about this. This is not um, against the men. They're, they're no. saying, no, they deserve what they got, right? They're not, they're not debating that, but they're just saying, but we also, <laughs> you know, want, want equal. Yep, here, but they're, they're down there at camp in uh, Orlando. I'm just going to look at my notes so I make sure I get everything right. So substandard accommodations, Christine and uh, Janine have to pay out of pocket to get kind of economy plus in order to get there. Yeah. Um, reduced staff. So, the, you know, the, the players don't get the, the treatment and the care and sort of even logistically, like making sure they're getting to the training pitch and back and all that sort of stuff. Not as many players in camp. They're 20. On the 13th, the FIFA window officially opens, so those European players should be flown first class and in, into camp. But there's only 20, so no 11 v 11. You know, not you're not pra- practicing your tactical formations. Um, and they've said that the Olympic playoff in September against Jamaica, uh, they will play that. So the World Cup runs July 20 to August 20. They play that Olympic playoff, and the program will shut down. There will be nothing else after those games in that. September window. That's appalling, isn't it? Yeah, and the players have not been paid for 2022. Yeah. Wow. It's a fucking embarrassment. Yeah. Hey, yeah. I'm going to ask you, I'm going to put you on the spot and it's, there's two questions, but the first one is what would be, <laughs> you obviously have experience in this. You were player union rep, correct? Mm-hmm. What would you do any differently or, or prioritize right now in the same space? Is there anything you would change? Is there anything, let's even go back a week. You, we had bon- Nick Pontus on. Yeah. What did, we didn't know what we didn't know. Sharms and I were talking about that. You don't know what you don't know. Yeah. But was there anything that perhaps we should have reached out to him and said, hey, we need to know the answer to this. 
what's the question that you would have, hey, said, I think I need to know this or what you would change right now too? Yeah. Meaning, well, what would you prioritize? If we go back to that interview, I think first of all, you know, going into it, <laughs> that was my first experience with an inter- on an interview with you guys. So mm-hmm. I didn't want to ruffle too many feathers. I regret that now. I should have just thrown caution to the wind and gone after him. And maybe he doesn't come back on your podcast, but oh well. Our podcast. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I would have fallen up, uh, fo- followed up, excuse me. So when I asked him about, you know, he's committed to, you know, creating a historic CBA and, and paying the men and the women equally. But that doesn't mean a whole lot if your history doesn't back that up. Sure, mm-hmm. you can turn the page and promise something in the future. But in a Women's World Cup year, if they're not going to get the same as the men, like what does such a CBA really mean in the grand scheme of things? So I would have dug in a lot harder on that and not let them off the hook, certainly. Um, and I would have dug in a little bit deeper on, we touched on it a little bit, but the the deal that they signed with, with the CSB and ho- how they hope to capitalize on the success of the teams. Yeah, you know, I, I want to just comment on that too. Um, we, we took some flack on social media about the interview when all this stuff broke over the weekend. Um, just to be very clear, we got Nick on the show, talk about the World Cup and also the John Herman situation. At the time, they were the two big news items. The CBA gone quiet and Nick addressed that, right? He goes, listen, we haven't spoken. There's hiatus over the uh, the World Cup, you know, but I expect to get back talking now. Now, I, who knows what he withheld? Who knows? We can speculate. We don't know. But the issues were John Herman. And I think we, we tackled that pretty well. Then the next day, this breaks. Sorry, we, we can't look into the future. All right. Well, Craig can, but Craig's not here today. We can't <laughs> look into the future. No. Right? Uh, it, it was, I think that, that simple. I thought in the end, it was a pretty decent interview. Mm-hmm. Um, and Would you course, not say, though, Sharms, and maybe Jimmy, you can speak to this, because I think you were the, the person who was setting it up. He was fairly eager to come on, correct? Oh, yeah. Of course he was. Mm-hmm. He was keen. I use the word keen in our yeah, dark web keen. conversation. Mm-hmm. But I, you know, the other thing is I, I was saying to Sherms, the question, and it was a lot like yours, Amy, was uh, I didn't ask a lot of questions. I wanted you guys to run with it, but it would have been on that business level. There's been so much mistrust, a legacy of mistrust, distrust between the players associations, the men and the women's team and the Canadian Soccer Association, their federation. What are you doing to make this uh, come together. And he did kind of answer it a little bit, but it also showed me there's a, a complete blind spot to that before things had happened, you know, and this is what a lot of people do when they start new gigs. He only started in 2018, really 2019. They don't understand. And I've fallen into this too. You don't understand the legacy that's come before you. And you want to start at, start at zero to create your own. Sometimes you don't have that benefit. And the mistrust, distrust between the organizations, the associations, it's too deep. And the missteps that you've had over that period since you begin, you know, when people are calling for resignation and tear it all down, there are, you know, I, I, it's hard for me to sit there and go, I don't understand it. I do understand it, you know, and listening to the players and listening to the fans it's not just the players. It's all of the, everyone who supports Canada soccer, men's and women's team. They are, they are upset and they have a right to be. Yep, for sure. Um, you know, listen, 
we might be having doing this all over again in in you know 17 days 20 days whenever that was filed whenever it is right the women have shown what they're prepared to do at this point and that's really important right Candace can know that as well so they've got half a month two three weeks to get their shit together to give the information that the players are demanding if by then that hasn't been given then we've got some major questions to answer right why are you withholding this why is csb not there's no excuse at this point if there's nothing to hide give the information right so we'll reconvene <laughs> in, in, in three weeks or whatever it is and, and we'll see where we're at um I do wonder how this affects the players on the pitch. Um, there will be some kind of protest, you would think. Uh, we, we see it in big matches, you know, whether it's covering up, covering up crests. I don't know. Not celebrating. They, they, they train with their shirts inside out mm-hmm. uh, over the weekend. Yeah. Um, I don't know, Jimmy. What I mean, before we get to the, the Prem and the weekend, uh, we haven't got that much time left, but um, how would it affect you as a player? I mean, do you think this will be a a forgettable tournament on the pitch because of this or will it be very much the opposite listen let's do it for ourselves it's pretty hard there's so much that that goes on through your head as a player as well um you know i remember even back in our day we we had uh we had our own issues with the csa um not as bad as what it is today but we did have some issues and you know it's uh but i was i was younger in the squad as well uh the majority of the older guys ended up trying to deal with everything, but you could just see it was, it affects everybody. It affects the the mood of the camp. The coaches get frustrated because, you know, they're there to do a job. They understand, uh, you know, the, the, the players are frustrated. They try to get a, a good mood in camp, but it just, it just absolutely kills the vibe in a, in a camp when you're going through things like this. It really does. It's horrible. Yep. The whole thing sucks. Let's be honest. Yeah. And, uh, we'll, see, we'll see what transpires. You know. Well, I don't. I, Amy, is there anything else you want to add? Because I, yeah, I, I do feel. I do feel like you had. I and I feel. I know when we were texting back and forth prior to the interview, or I, I encouraged you to say whatever you want, and I understand why you didn't want to blast them or whatever. But I hope you know that we always have your back here. That's the other thing. <laughs> yeah, I know that. And and I, I appreciate that. If, if anything, it was just uh, me in, in hindsight. I, hindsight, I think I, I gave myself uh, a bit of a, a lashing. Like I felt like I, I regretted not, not being harder on him. But, but Sharms, your question that you posed to, to Jimmy, like when, when I was in that situation, um, it, it does create a really kind of heavy atmosphere. Um, but these players at the end of it are, are highly professional and they know now with the, the rug being pulled out underneath them before the, the, the world cup, which is like the ranked sixth in the world. This is a team. I think they can really make waves. You know, we've talked about their success at the Olympics, but they really need for the program. And I think also for the individuals to, to really have a big world cup and now they're being undermined and they're being undercut. So I think, they will protest. They will do something in the American players and, and the team. They've gone through it. They had a six year long fight, you know, where they sued the Federation for um, gender discrimination, which they eventually lost, but then won the fight for for equal pay. But, you know, big names like Megan Rapinoe, um, Alex Morgan, you know, even Sam Kerr from Australia, uh, teammates with Kadisha Buchanan and, and Jesse Fleming have have come out in support of these women. So I'd be amazed if there wasn't anything that was sort of a joint protest mm. prior to this game. 
Um, but but they, these women will rise above all, all of this. Like they realize how important these preparatory games are, you know, and playing really important opponents, like really formidable opponents in the U.S., Brazil, and Japan. So possibly the most important games that that they'll play, you know, because they were promised a home game in that April window. They're not getting it now. You know, I can't yeah. I can't yeah. even remember like when I the two World Cups that I went to in '99 and and 2007. Um, I wasn't part of the squad where they went to the semifinals in, in 2003, but I, I think we had a number of, uh, home games in those years too, you know, like, so it's, it's unheard of for the Federation to take that away from this team and their prep. Yeah. That, that's the one thing that really irked me was, was no home game before a world cup. No, no way to say farewell. Good luck to these, these players. Um, if that, if financially that's impossible, okay, show us, prove it to us. Um, listen, you know, we, I think this podcast, we, we, we give a pretty balanced approach to most topics. Um, we, we are very emotional about certain things, but uh, we, we try and you know look at both sides as much as possible. But this this podcast has over two hundred caps for Canada on it. When Craig's here, right? Many by Amy should add. Most but, uh, by Amy. The, 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 <laughs> but there's a lot of caps for Canada on, on this show. She's so wearing I think, a cap. Uh, People don't see it right now. She's wearing a cap yeah. right now. It's a perspective. One of the many love. caps I wear, yeah. She's got a little cap on. It's, uh, it's Under a, her buds, I man bun. It's a perspective that we can offer. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, good chat anyway. And obviously it won't be the last one. We'll, we'll continue this and follow it very closely. Um, fr- from, you know, labor strife to, to VAR. It's going to be a good show today. Yeah. Of, uh, Lots of rage building up here. Premier League did not have a good weekend for VAR. Um, Man City closed the gap. Three points now behind Arsenal with a game in hand. However, Arsenal were robbed of a goal. Um, there was an offside. Well, essentially, Brentford's goal was offside. And the build-up, Christian Norgard, was clearly offside. VAR missed it. Um, in the Brighton-Crystal Palace game, Brighton denied a goal. Estupinan um, was denied the opening goal after he was judged offside, VAR drew the wrong line in this one. <laughs> How can you do this? So the VAR from that match has actually dropped for today's uh, Merseyside derby. There was a handball in the Chelsea-West Ham game, not given. I have no idea. I, I hate talking about referees and VAR. You know that. But holy crap, Jimmy, that was not a good weekend, was it? No, it wasn't. And apparently, he's is he got suspended for two games or something? Was it two? Yeah, I know he's yeah. missing today's uh, derby. Yeah. yeah. Two yeah. games. Good, rightly so. If you're Arsenal, right? Oh, yeah, that's a big me. one. That could cost you the championship. For sure it could. And Arteta was pretty controlled in his I thought he might go off post match. I thought he was pretty good. But yeah. holy schmoly. No, it's a big one. <laughs> when you're, you got City who's three points behind you. I mean, look, you still got a game in hand, but if you end up losing that next match, it's it's gonna come down to the wire, isn't it? And then you got Man U as well, it's creeping in. Putting more pressure on. I don't like VAR. You know what? Uh, I used you to get angry at referees. But you, know, you, honestly, don't? you, hmm? you thought it, you liked it a little more. No, I didn't. No, 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 no. I, I, my, my, my phrase was I begrudgingly accepted it. Like, 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 <laughs> a bit like nuclear like weapons. Like, like, like you. I thought you have yeah. never been a fan of it. Yeah. You can't disinvent things. You can't disinvent nuclear weapons, VAR or Wunger because they're already here. <laughs> <laughs> if you could disinvent one of the three which would it be <laughs> yeah var i'll take var i like the nuclear weapons and wager <laughs> no I, you know i used to get angry like anyone else referees but i was also used to just think well you know it is human error you know we're on we're not perfect you kind of just accept bad calls 
every now and again. But when it's like science, right, and there's technology in place to prevent things from happening, nothing's perfect, but better than that. I mean, I won't say it ruined my weekend's enjoyment. I mean, that'll come later today when Everton beat Liverpool. But um, as far as the weekend action was concerned, eh. You know, you said you said that it was a bad weekend for the Prem, but I have to tell you, once again, Jimmy, our soothsayer, our crystal ball champion, chose Leicester over Tottenham, right? Yes. You saw something. What did you see? Tell I me saw what you Lester saw. Winning. I think you did. <laughs> <laughs> but no, what did you, you made that call? Feeding you info. Is it no. also <laughs> you? No, a little crystal ball. This is your your Jimmy senses tingling. Yeah, just, little bird just, like, just flying, flying like the window. <laughs> did anyone place that bet? By the way, I thought you were JC. I did place that. You bet. did. I put, a, I put a ten on it. We got twenty four more dollars in the Footy Prime Kitty. Baby J. <laughs> Baby J knows how to bet them, <laughs> but Jimmy oh, tells them what to do. Yeah. So we're up oh, to one hundred and one hundred and thirty four dollars. Like we're rolling in it. Wow. Let's put it all on something. Let's put it all on Everton to win today. <laughs> Don't do that. <laughs> JC, do a little tagline for, for Jimmy's spotty sense. Like, Jimmy calls this game or this play or this team over this team. And then there's good value in those pies, something like that. And then we tie in charms. No? Yeah. Crickets. There's good wow. value in those charms. Well, pies. No idea silence on a podcast. Charmin's maybe. Proper Pies presents Jimmy Gets It Right. <laughs> Mmm, delicious winnings. <laughs> it's dripping with ooey gooey tens of dollars. Yeah. <laughs> hey, that, 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 that 120 bucks will get us a nice vegan pizza. Yes. Yeah. Right. <laughs> the, the Just, one one? Just one thing. <laughs> Amy, your, uh, your voice message to us about the mushroom soup pizza made me laugh out loud. I had to play it for my missus, and she loved it as well. It was great. I think, you, I think you and her would get on very well. <laughs> that, that was funny. You should bring her next time. Yeah, well, we'll bring the the wives and the wags. We'll bring the, the wags, wags next mm-hmm. time. Yeah. So, Jimmy and Craig need to find one, and then we'll uh, have a good time. <laughs> they can just go as a couple. Yeah, there you go. That'd be nice, no. wouldn't it? Um, Nathan Jones fired by Southampton. They lost to ten man Wolves. Well, we said that was coming, didn't 14, we? 14 games in charge. Yeah. That's like being subbed on and subbed off in the same match. Yeah, but we, we said that with, with his comments. Remember before yeah. we were saying that he kind of lost control and need to go back to basics. And you knew that was it. If you're the owner, you're going, nah, this guy, he's not doing his job. What's yeah. it like, Jimmy, getting fired like that? Well, I'll tell you one thing, Wonger. It's not amazing. You don't celebrate and go home. That was fucking brilliant. <laughs> hey, I just got fired. It's awesome. Hey, listen, Jimmy yeah. got fired after a playoff run with the Two youngest times. team in the league. Yeah. Twice. Yeah, right? So that's yeah. different to being fired for just your team being terrible. <laughs> being fired for being good, that's different. Yeah. That's even more I, can accept, I can accept that. <laughs> I would like to know, though, in the moment, Jimmy Brennan, is it fly off the handle? How dare you? Or is it seething for a while and then it erupts? No, I, I right away I said my piece. <laughs> Did you really? You think yeah. he could hold back, Jimmy yeah. Brennan? Right, hold right back. away. No. Yeah. He maybe refers to himself in the third person. Jimmy's going to hold grudges. <laughs> <laughs> but it was in person, though, right, Jimmy? It was a firing in person. It wasn't like, you know, done over the phone or. Text. Oh, it was over the phone. No. Oh, oh yeah. Really? Yeah, of course. You can't be doing that. Yeah. You can't fire someone over the phone. 
Oh yeah. I've always I've only fired a couple of people in my time and it's always been face to face. Yeah. Yeah, you yeah, want to see their face fall apart. You want to see them crumble. TFC was face to face, and I can accept that. I can accept that. You just sit across the table, you both say what you have to say, and then you you walk, but phone call fucking makes you laugh, doesn't it? My best Did you have a was- box? Did you have a box of stuff? Like was it like when you get fired from Wall Street and you walk out and you give someone your tag? So no, I just put just... my, my computer and my pen and I walked out. <laughs> your kit bag. Then, you guys four kids kids doors. everything. And your dignity. You put that in there as well. You damn well get that. No, that stays right in there. Damn right. I was in the back pocket. You need a bigger kit bag for that ego, though. No. <laughs> I went out in the trailer. <laughs> Last guy I had to fire, I fired him on the street in Kensington Market. Because oh, he was pi- fucking pi- hammered. One of the oh. pi- yeah, he was. I remember you told us that. You needed like yeah. the security of the witnesses, bystanders. Yeah. yeah, exactly. He was a mess. I had to take the key from him. And he said, am I fired? I said, what the hell do you think? Anyway, it's a good story. I'll tell so you he didn't day. think he didn't think showing up hammered. And, well, he didn't he didn't think um, you know, me finding two bottles of Sambuca and about ten beers in the garbage can and a broken toilet. Because he'd fallen and knocked everything and smashed the top of the receptacle, <laughs> and the complaints from the next door neighbors because he'd been sitting there all day hitting on the young bar staff there. Oh. Didn't think that was enough to get fired. <laughs> yeah, that was fun, fun day. Um, Real Madrid win the World Club Cup or the Club World Cup. Two questions for you: Did he watch it, and do you care, Amy? Did not watch it. Don't care. <laughs> Me neither, Jimmy. <laughs> You muted. You turned your mic off because you forgot to. You did something different. Okay, explain what the Club World Cup is. Well, hold on. I didn't like it. Oh, and I didn't watch it, and I don't care. You did watch it? Didn't. No, I oh, didn't watch it. No, I didn't watch no. it. No. The Club World Cup um, is basically they get all the confederation champions from the world. I think like four teams, basically, isn't it? I I honestly haven't watched a second of it. It's a big cash grab of FIFA. Yeah, and I think where, I think where it is as well. That's why we're we're not as interested. I think if they did it, maybe in the states, I think there'd be a lot more interest than what it is. But it's really less money as well, and you don't see it often, do you? You don't hear I mean, the concepts. Are. I like the concept. I mean, imagine having an actual club World Cup, right? The best clubs in the world. I think they should do it in North amazing. America. But yeah, then I think it'd be huge. yeah, for sure. But when do you? When do you do it? Right, there's, these there's guys. an oversaturation of all these different cups. You know, you've got your leagues, and then you've got the Carabao Cups, and you've got the Conti Cups, and you've got the you know the FA Cup. All of this stuff, which is compelling, but even yeah. for real footy fans like us, you get oversaturated. And at at the end of the day, you don't care anymore. You've got to draw a line somewhere, haven't you? Say, nah, I'm not doing that one, unless my team's in it, of course. Then it's very different. No, it's not. Liverpool were in it a few times. I don't care. Didn't care. No, moving and on. You won it, didn't you? Uh yeah, I think we did. Yeah, we. There you go. True. <laughs> part of it. I was a big part of that that win. <laughs> and if you answer the Merseyside Derby, you're like, yeah, we did. Yeah, I care. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, anything else you guys want to get to before we uh, say farewell? No, I was just uh, from our former Canadian men's and women's team players. Anything you want to put a wrap on it for? You know, whether it was the interview last Friday or last Monday, or just where you think this is, how this is going to kind of go forward 
So, Amy, what do you th- give me your prediction here? Prediction is, I think, how I said earlier. So they get the right to legally strike at the end of the She Believes Cup, they yeah. being the women. Hopefully, the Federation is forced to hold account to themselves and, and open their books and, and offer up a little bit of transparency. And hopefully, at that point, a little bit of light is shed on the, on the CSB. But, I mean, complete overhaul is needed, right, at not only the forensic audit into the finances, but new leadership and then complete overhaul of, of the NSO. I think it's yeah. just a foundational, um, you know, systemic issues with governance. And uh, that has to be just, it just has to be burned to the ground. And, na- and NSO, just for people who don't know, National Sports Organization? Mm-hmm. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. So, I mean, there's been, there's been issues of, 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 of abuse, um, you know, with Canada soccer covering up the Barbarata um, abuse at um, Whitecaps, you know, um, inquiries in that, but never really amounted to anything. And, and nobody, he's still allowed to coach Barbarara. And then that, that culture of abuse um, is, is present in all kinds of other uh, national sports organizations like Hockey Canada, gymnastics, um, you know, no sporting organization is immune to it. So maybe the government has to step in and make sweeping changes in Canada, in our country for these sporting organizations because our athletes deserve better. Well said. Mm-hmm, 100%. Um, and the government apparently are looking into it. So we shall see. This story has just begun. It's going to be a very interesting few weeks and months. But hopefully, in the short term, you get the CBA signed. Money is in the bank in March. That changes people often. And uh, we'll move on from there. All right, we're out of time. Um, hope you enjoyed that. We are back on Wednesday for the Foundation Show, where we'll probably get a little bit stupider. And that's just more news to discuss, in which case we'll do just that. So, Amy Walsh, Jimmy Brennan, Dan Wong, JC Jeffcott. Thank you very much. Craig Forrest, who's at home right now, puking his guts up. Yes. Feel better, pal. We're here for you. I'm James Sean. Cheers for listening. Keep buying newspapers. Join the conversation on Twitter. Help us fill Warner's mail sack at footy underscore prime. Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the award-winning movie, Poor Things, starring Emma Stone, Mark Ruffalo, and Willem Dafoe. Check out the new documentary, Freaknik, The Wildest Party Never Told, about the iconic Atlanta street party. And don't miss FX's Shogun, a reimagining of the epic tale starring Anna Sawai. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu.